Well, glory. Good morning, everyone. Hey, that's good. Four of you are having a good morning. That's fantastic. I'll have a good morning with you. Hey, thank you. Thank you, Pam. Man, Hal, I am so glad to see you. Hal had an AFib uh, uh, procedure this week, right? Am I, am I correct? He was a little off rhythm. He was not hitting on the one. That's right. He wasn't in sync, but now you were in sync with the praise band and life and everything else. And, and uh, man, it is good to see you back here praising God. Uh, I was in Branson, Missouri all week at a minister's conference and, and was, was tuning in. Pam was giving, giving us play-by-play on text. And so I, I, I appreciate you keeping us informed so we could keep praying. And uh, so, so I am thrilled to see you uh, sitting right here. Uh, Greg and Linda Grimes, if you're watching via the stream, uh, we love you. We're lifting you up in prayer. Linda's mom went to be with the Lord earlier this week. They had the, the funeral in Louisiana yesterday. And of course, it's, uh, you know, even in the neighborhood, we've had, we've had folks lose loved ones since this whole COVID situation broke out. And it's so hard because you're limited on the loved ones that can come and mourn with you at a funeral. And, and you know, that's hard enough. Uh, as is, and and of course Louisiana, they've got their uh, they've got their policies as well, and so so there wasn't a whole lot that could show up, but but uh, I, I know they're both people of God, and, and and I know that the Lord was with them, and the Lord was taking care of them. So, uh, but man, I am glad to be back home, and I'm glad to be right here in service. We are blessed. We are we are blessed to be able to meet in the park, and. Uh, to have church together in the park. I know we got to kind of battle the heat a little bit, but praise God, we got a beautiful breeze today blowing off the, that he's given us, blowing off the lake. And uh, let me tell you, we, we I, I mean, I, I knew we were blessed as is, but, but even more so now, uh, I definitely don't want to take for granted this opportunity, you know, and we're trying to do the best we can to, to not disturb the neighbors and all that stuff. So we, we haven't had too many complaints yet. So that's, that's a good thing. Um, but, but, uh, I was at, like I said, I was at a minister's conference and I spent uh, more time uh, while the sessions were great. And, and this, this is a fellowship and, and a network of men and women of God that some of these guys I've known since I was a kid or even a teenager, or even some of them are even like cousins to me or, or uncles and aunts to me in the ministry. But uh, I was amazed at how discouraged some of them were. Uh, I, I chatted with one pastor uh, from Washington, D.C., Pastor Jared. He's a young guy. Had, has a church plant going in Washington, D.C., doing a fabulous job. They have not, this week was 26 weeks that they have not physically been able to meet back together up in Washington, D.C. And some of it, they've, you know, they, up there, they've, there's a little bit of different uh, policies than what Texas has and, and whatnot. So uh, 26 weeks, and, and he was... You know, here, even when we were quarantining, the majority of the church lives here in the neighborhood, or if you're not here in the neighborhood, you're really close to the neighborhood. So so if any of you guys needed anything, I needed to get to you to pray with you or to encourage you. I'd either hop on my bike or I could hop in the car, and within five, ten minutes, I'd be with you. Uh, you know, there, his, his flock is kind of scattered all across the D.C. area, and so he was really honest. He said, you know, he goes, I'm having a hard time keeping them corralled and in contact with them. And he goes, and, and everyone's so sick of online service that he goes, when we finally are able to physically get back together, I don't, I don't know how much of a church we're going to have left, you know. And uh, 
man, I, I just started praising God for us being able to, to get out here in the park. And, and even, even the weeks that we can't be here, we got the streaming going on. And uh, we've got quite a few folks that are on vacation. So if you're watching us more this morning, be safe, be careful, enjoy yourselves. And we love you and we miss you. Uh, but uh, so I, I had a chance. And then not only that, uh, a lot of older ministers that, you know, you, you pastor 30, 40 years. Sometimes you kind of get stuck in your ways and it's hard to think outside the box. And so they, they were kind of, you know, man, yeah, Pastor Dave, how y'all doing? How's your church holding up? Oh, man, we're prospering, man. We're having a blast. We're meeting out at the park and. What really? And and you know these guys have church building. So finally, it's like, how how many acres are you guys on? Well, you know we got about four acres and so, man, just move outside. You got property, man. Move outside. Have church outside. Well, I never really thought of that. You know, so uh, even this week, I uh, when when I got home, I went on Facebook and sure enough, there was a pastor that was going online saying, hey, "Everybody, come on back. We having church outside this week." So it's like, look at that, man. We can we can be part of a movement and a trend. You know. Get the, get the church we preached for years. Get the church outside the walls. Well, literally, get it outside the walls. Come on. <laughs> Let's have church, right? <laughs> hey, we're going to be talking about the covenant of God again, part two of the covenant this week. We spent about 12 weeks, man, just talking about faith, hammering about faith and, and believing God. God said that he wants to move us from this church, this body of believers. He wants to move us from folks who believe in God to folks who believe God. There's a big difference in just believing in him and literally believing him. Uh, 7,000 promises of God in, this, in, in the word of God and in, in the Bible. And, and at least one of those promises has got to apply to you, right? So, so uh, we've learned all kind of stuff about believing like Abraham. And the reason, one of the reasons why God, God has us believe and have faith in him is because he's made a covenant. And it's a covenant that goes all the way back to Abram, all the way back to Abram. And, and so that's what we're doing. We're looking at that covenant and understanding the spiritual ramifications of how it applies to our life. And we get to inherit that covenant because of our faith, right? So we're going to read from Genesis chapter 12, starting with verse 1. Uh, like I said last week, we're going to be camped out here for a while. Now in Haran, the Lord said to Abram, go for yourself, for your own advantage, away from your country, from your relatives and your father's house, to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you with abundant increase of favors and make your name famous and distinguished. And you will be a blessing, dispensing good to others. And I will bless those who bless you, who confer prosperity or happiness upon you, and curse those who curse, who curses or uses insolent language against you. And you will all the families and kindred of the earth be blessed, and by you they will bless themselves. So Abram departed as the Lord had directed. And I want to remind you, uh, you can go to gathering church or gatheringviridian.com and all these scriptures will actually be posted. Um, I want us to look at last week, we looked at verse one and broke it down to today. We're going to look at verse two. So I want to bring your attention back to verse two and I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you with abundant increase of favors and make your name famous and distinguished, and you will be a blessing, dispensing good to others. Man, God has got an incredible covenant that we get to participate in. 
And if we can start plowing into it and digging into it, we can start understanding the nature of our relationship with him, the nature of the benefits of our relationship with him, and the nature of how we can be a blessing to others. The word covenant, once again, just to kind of review, comes from the word uh, Hebrew word berith, which means to cut at the place of bleeding or the place of blood or in a sense of cutting. Uh, when Back in ancient times, uh, like we said last week, back in ancient times, if you were to make a covenant with someone, it went further than just making an agreement or a contract or a promise. It was like real stuff. You know, if, if I was going to, if the Butler household was going to make a covenant with the Bolin household, what we would say is, is hey, we're going to make a covenant. And so Chris and I would get together and we'd sacrifice an animal to the Lord and we would cut that animal in half, lay the two halves on, side, like on either side and we would walk in between those halves and state the conditions of that covenant. And we'd say, you know what? We got each other's backs. Our kingdom, my kingdom is going to be at peace with your kingdom. If someone goes to war with you, we're going to have your back. Someone attacks us, you're going to have our back. We're going to have trade and commerce. We're going to treat each other good. We're going to, we're going to allow our kids to intermarry amongst each other. And we're going to, we, we're making a covenant and we're going to pass it down. We're going to pass it down to our children. We're going to indoctrinate our children with it and our grandchildren. And it's going to be a lasting covenant in between us. And, and should we break this covenant, may we be split apart like this animal, basically, is what we were saying. That's why the, the word would be berith. It means to cut at the place of bleeding. So there, there, is, there is cutting involved in covenant. God expands on this covenant later in Genesis 17. We'll get into that here in a few weeks. But, but there is blood involved. And there was blood involved in getting us engrafted in, in into this covenant. And it comes through the blood of Jesus. I'm getting way ahead of myself. But, but because of your faith in Christ Jesus, you are grafted into this covenant that, that God made with Abraham. Last week, we talked about you have to let go of the familiar. You have to let go of your securities, your man-made securities to walk in this covenant because it is a faith covenant. That means I have to trust God. Christine was talking about it today said, hey, I've got to trust God. Is he Lord of my life? Is he really Lord? That means he's in control. I got to trust him. I got to let go of some things. And Abram had to do that. God told him, now this is significant. We talked about it last week. God told him three things. He goes, I want you to leave your country. I want you to leave your family. And I want you to leave your father's house. Now that was huge to Abram, who was, was part of the ancient uh, Persian culture. Uh, if you go over to the Mediterranean and, and even into the Persian areas, uh, uh, matter of fact, you see it still within the Mediterranean. Anyone ever seen the Godfather movies? You remember the Godfather movies, right? That Sicilian family, the Corleone, Corleone family, it's all about the family. It's all about the family. You don't diss the family, you protect the family. Why? Because the family's going to take care of you. And you can't touch me because I'm a Corleone. If you touch me, you got to deal with the whole family. And don't you mess with my family because you got to mess with me then. I mean, it's the, the, the identity, even in the Persian world, as uh, Kate was talking about it with me after service, uh, they, they spent quite a bit of time in northern Africa dealing with uh, uh, ministering amongst Muslims and, and, and just uh, being able to see some of that Persian, that, that Arab culture where, number one, I want you to leave your country. My country, this is, this is all that I know. I, I'm familiar with these people. I'm familiar with the culture. I'm familiar with the language. I know the terrain. You want me to leave all this familiarity. God calls us to leave our comfort zones. 
if we're going to walk in his covenant and walk according to faith, you got to leave your comfort zone. Second thing he said, I want you to leave your family. My family, my family is where I get all my favor and all my blessings. You want me to, man, if I need olive oil, Uncle Bob over here has an olive grove. So I go over there, I get a discount on olive oil. If I need my plow fixed, you know, cousin Fred, man, he's got, he's a, he's a blacksmith, man. He'll fix my plow for, for dirt cheap, man. And, and, and when, when folks need eggs, well, I'm a chicken farmer, man, they come to me. You know, my, my family comes to me. That's where I get all my favor and stuff. He said, no, I want you to leave your family and I want you to leave your father's house. My father's house, that's where I get my name. That's where I get my identity. Uh, here, here in America, we are much more individualistic, man. We, we finished high school and we're like, woo, get us to college. I'm leaving home. And you go to make your own life, right? And then family, we do all get together, right, at Christmas time. And we all smile and laugh. And what happens when the family leaves after Christmas? You all do it. You go, ah, listen to that. Peace and quiet. In other words, you're happy when they leave. And sometimes you're even more rejoiceful when they go, don't you? Because we all like our space. Over, over there in that culture, it's very much, uh, matter of fact, typically you would have, I have a friend named Nobby who is a, uh, from Iraq, and he actually owns a car lot. Uh, if you see his Facebook page, it says, uh, I'm going to butcher his last name, Hamaran Nabi. In other words, he introduces himself with his, first na- his last name first. His family name goes first. Why? Because that's who he identifies with is his family, his father's name. And yet now all of a sudden you're going to have to leave your father's house? You remember in The Godfather, man... Al Pacino was trying to leave, man. He went off and joined the army. He got sucked right back in to where he became the godfather eventually. He became Don Corleone. Why? Because it's you, you don't leave your father's house. You don't leave the family. That was huge. And yet God, everything that made Abram who he was, he said, no, 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 no. I want you to walk away from it because of verse 2. He said, I want you to leave your country. Leave my country? Yeah. I'm going to make you a great nation. He said, I want you to leave your family. What? That's where I get all my favor. No, I'm going to give you abundance of favor and blessings. I want you to leave your father's house. My father, that's my identity. What name am I going to have? I'm going to give you, I'm going to make your name distinguished and famous. And folks are going to be in awe of you. I'm going to bless you so much, you're going to be a blessing. Have you ever noticed that in order to grab the incredible promises of God, you got you to release some things? But don't be afraid to release all the trappings that we think are our comfort zone and that we've put so much stock in. Because anything God asks you to walk away from or give up on, he's got a replacement that is so much bigger, so much greater, so much uh, that, that your mind can't even fathom it. He's got, he said, I want you to leave your country because I'm going to take you to a land I've got for you. I promise for you. In God's covenant with you, he's asking you to walk away from some things, some mindsets, some concepts, maybe even some actions and some false securities. So they, why? Because he's got land for you. He's got a place in the spirit for you that is full of purpose, destiny. It's territory for you to occupy and have dominion over. And anything he may require you to let go of, he's got an incredible replacement for. Don't worry about leaving your country because I'm going to make you a great nation. Think about that. Think of your household as a nation. What goes into a great nation? A great nation, if you think about it, what makes a a nation great? Freedom. 
Man, can you imagine your family walking in freedom? Can you imagine you walking in freedom? Free from anxiety, free from strife and stress. It doesn't mean your family ain't going to go through some situations, but the situations don't have to have you. He'll walk with you and navigate you through those situations. Can you imagine going through the challenges of life and your family being at peace with God, being free to be everything God's called you to be? It's a great nation. What else? A great nation has a strong economy. God wants to give you a strong economy, good trade. He wants to bless you. He said, I'll provide, I'll, I'll meet every need according to my riches and glory. He wants you to be blessed and to prosper. Also, a great nation's got civility to be civil. Why do you think there's unrest within our nation right now? Because our nation is called to be great. And as much as the enemy wants to divide, we're, we're having to go through some birthing pains to get things right, to right the ship enough. Why? Because we want civility. We want equality. Could you imagine civility within your household? Somebody say amen on that. Amen. <laughs> civility in your household. A good infrastructure. Man, you got to have a, a good way to, to, to navigate within your kingdom, within your nation, your personal nation. Could you imagine you and your family and your loved ones being able to communicate wisely, communicate well? That's, that's one of the biggest problems for stress within a family or even in a marriage is lack of communication. God wants to provide all this stuff. A solid GNP, gross national product. In other words, hey, America, we get to be blessed. Why? Because there's some things that we produce and we get to sell and distribute and then we get paid for it. Your family, your kingdom, your country needs to be producing something. And you get to be blessed by it. Why? Because you bless others with it. Have you ever been around families? Let me let me let me tell you something. There's a family that lives in Louisiana that I'm very dear to. I know multiple generations of this family. And they're godly people. They've been in ministry for years. And right now, matter of fact, I saw them this last week at the conference. And they and, and the halfway point for us is Shreveport, which is about two and a half hours from here, right? So so they, they asked me, they said, hey, give us a call when you have free time. Let's get together in Shreveport and let's have dinner. Absolutely. I'd love to do that. Think about it. Driving two and a half hours just to have dinner. Why would I do that? Because, man, they've got an incredible national product in that family. And that's when I go eat with that family, when I hang out with them, they are so full of love and grace and joy that it's contagious. Man, I walk away laughing. I walk away uplifted. I walk away better. You ever been around people like that? Families and, and people like that that you just like getting around them? What is it? They got a national product about them. And they're distributing it. And when you distribute it, you get blessed. So what is your family producing for the kingdom today? Is it producing faith? Are you a family of faith? Are you a family of encouragement? Are you a family of joy? Are you a family of peace? Sometimes people need to come sit at your table just so that they can feel some peace. God wants to make you a great nation. When you start letting go of false securities, he is going to establish you to make you a great nation. Matter of fact, listen to what God said to them when they were about to enter into that nation years later. Deuteronomy 28 and 8 says, The Lord will guarantee a blessing on everything you do and will fill your storehouse with grain. The Lord your God will bless you in the land he is giving you. He has got purpose. He has got real estate and the spirit for you. And he's going to bless you when you start having faith to walk in it. The next thing he said, he goes, I'm going to bless you with an increase of favor. I'm going to bless you with increase and favor. 
Say, oh, there you go, preaching prosperity. Now, let me tell you something. Yes, I very much believe in prosperity. The God, God does want to prosper us. But the problem is here in the West, we associate prosperity with money. And money can be a part of prosperity, but prosperity is not that. There are some things God wants to bless you with that money can't buy. Good health. God wants to give you health. God wants to give you peace of mind and a sound mind. God wants to give you joy and peace and gladness. He wants to give you faith. He wants to give you good relationships with your family. Hey, how many wants a good relationship with your spouse? How many wants a good relationship with your kids? Good relationship with your friends and neighbors? How many wants true friendship? These are all things money can't buy this stuff. You know? Say, well, what about money? Is he going to prosper you? Hey, he'll prosper you financially if you obey him. Does it mean that everybody's going to be a millionaire? Probably not. But you don't have to be a millionaire when you're walking with God because he's going to provide every need that you, ha that you have. Any need you have, he's going to take care of it. Say, well, I don't have a Learjet. If you have a need for a Learjet next week, he'll make sure you have a Learjet at your disposal. Obviously, I've not had that need crop up in my life for whatever reason. But that's all right. I'm still blessed. I can sit in my home and think, what in the world do I need? Man, he's provided for me. That means every single one of us sitting here are wealthy. We are wealthy in him. It doesn't matter. No matter where you live, what country you live in, what culture you're in, he will provide for your needs. He's, so, so he's going to give you a blessing, an uh, increase in favor. Favor. Listen to, listen to what he says here. Romans chapter 10, verse 12. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. The same Lord is lo Lord over all of us. And he generously bestows his riches upon all who call upon him. God's riches go so far beyond our monetary system. Man, he'll bless you with stuff that money can't buy and give you an abundance of it. I'm telling you, as, as crazy of a, the last 13 months of my life has been, man, I'm so full of joy, I can't, even, I can't even put it into words. I'm so full of peace, I can't even describe it. I'm so full of confidence in his word and trust in him, not because I'm anything great, but because he's been that good and that faithful to me. He has allowed me to prosper, even in the midst of, of uh, difficulties. Man, you can prosper. Amen. Deuteronomy 28 and 8 through 11. We already read verse 8. We're going to read it again. But listen to what he wants to do in this, in, in this increase for you. The Lord shall command the blessing upon you in your storehouse and in all that you undertake. And he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God gives you. The Lord will establish you as a people holy to himself. And he has sworn to you if you keep his commandments, the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. And all the people of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord. Remember that you're going to be called by whose name? his name, and they shall be afraid of you. In other words, they're going to be in awe of you. They're going to be, they're going to be respecting you. And the Lord shall make you, God's going to make you do this. You ain't even going to have to make yourself. That's what grace is about. The Lord shall make you have a surplus of prosperity through the fruit of your body and of your livestock and of your ground. And in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. That's what God wants to do when you start walking in covenant. Your part is this, trust him. Let go of all of your false securities and just trust him. 
Then you get a whole slew of, if you trust me, I will do this. I will do that. But one of the things is, I'm, man, I'm going to bless you with favor. Then he says, I'm going to give you a famous and distinguished name. I'm going to give you a famous and distinguished name. Now, remember, we just got through reading that we're going to be called by the name of who? The Lord. Who's your Lord today? Jesus. Does that mean that he's going to make Dave's name famous? No. Matter of fact, Dave is supposed to be dead. Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. I've been executed with Christ. I don't live anymore. Yet I still live. He said, I'm crucified with Christ, yet I still live. But it's not me. It's Christ who's alive in me, he says. So if we have been buried, baptized into Christ, we resurrect as Christ. You if you, if you are a walking with God in faith, if you, if you have Christ in your life, you have received him as your Lord and Savior, you get to walk around as a Jesus-flavored version of you. You get to be Jesus for somebody. And he needs a bunch of different variations of, of his love. Why? Because while there are people that will receive me, there are people that won't receive me. And yet there are people that Jason can communicate to that I can't communicate to. So he gets to go into those crowds and be Jesus to them at his job and in the neighborhood and everything else. So he needs you to be you, but he needs you to be a Jesus-flavored version of you. So you get to wear his name. Now, what's awesome about his name, the name of the Lord, Philippians chapter 2, verse 9 says, Therefore, because he has stooped so low, God has highly exalted him, talking about Jesus, and has freely bestowed on him the name that is above every name that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, must bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue frankly and openly confess and acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the father. You have given, you have been given the name. He's given you a name that is distinguished and highly exalted. It's a name. The Bible says is above every name. It's a powerful name that at the name of Jesus, every knee is going to bow. Every tongue has to confess that he is Lord. That means every situation in your life that you face has to bow its knee, has to submit to the authority of the name you get to walk in. You have been birthed into a wonderful family. He has given you a name. That's part of his covenant. Galatians chapter three, verse 27, for as many of you as were baptized into Christ and into a spiritual union and communion with Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah, you have put on or clothed yourself with Christ. That's what happens when you give your life to him. You bury yourself in him. You disappear. And, and all people should see is Christ walking around. That's, what, that's why we wind up dunking you. Man, we've baptized a bunch of people in the lake. We've baptized them in some of the pools in the neighborhood. Matter of fact, we were supposed to, we were scheduled to baptize two or three people before COVID, right? Before, right as COVID hit. I say it's about time we start baptizing folks again. But when we baptize you, that's why we're going to, if we do it in the lake or in a pool or whatever, we're going to wind up burying you all the way underwater. Why? Because when you come up, it's symbolic. It's a physical representation of what's taking place in your heart, that you have disappeared. You've been buried in Christ. The old you's passed away, and now you're you 2.0, which is full of Jesus and full of the power of God. You've clothed yourself with Christ. John 16, 23. Matter of fact, this is what Jesus said about his name. He said, I assure you most solemnly, I tell you. In other words, he's like, look, I ain't playing around. I'm telling you, I'm being serious when I say this what he said, that my father will grant you whatever you ask in my name. 
whatsoever you ask in my name, the Father's going to do. Man, when you pray in the name of Jesus, you said it all. Back in the Old Testament, they had a they had a that old slew of names for God: Jehovah Sitkanu, Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah, Jehovah Rapha. You know, all these different names, according to whatever need you needed to pray, you would you would use that name of God. But the Bible says the fullness of the God had dwelt in Christ bodily, that in him was all the full power of God. So when you speak the name of Jesus over your situation, some of you need to stop talking about your problem and speak to your problem. When you speak the name of Jesus in your situation, you've said it all. When you said Jesus, you've said it all. You get the fullness of God. And lastly, lastly, he said, you're going to be a blessing you're going to be a blessing. In other words, I'm going to bless you so much that you get to be a blessing. If God has blessed you in your life, it's for one reason, just for you to be a blessing. Sure, you get to benefit from his blessings, but if he's blessed you, it's so that you could be a blessing to others. That's why it takes me so long to sometimes on my bike rides, I've been getting out trying to ride my bike, be healthy. And sometimes it takes a whole lot longer because I start bumping into people I know. Even back on this trail, I prayed with, I prayed with half a dozen people back on the trail. <laughs> you know, God keeps bumping me. Why? Is it because I'm anything special? No, it's because he's blessed me so much. I can't contain it. I want everyone else to know how much peace they can have, how much joy they can have, how much trust and faith and confidence they can have in his word. Look, there's one person that's never lied to me, and that's the Lord. He'll never, you can trust him. You can trust his word. If he said it in his word, you can trust him. He's going to work it out for what's best for you, whatever situation you're in. He ain't never, he's not necessarily going to work it out the way you think he should, but he will work it out. By the time he's done, you'll say, you know what, Lord, thank you that you did it this way because that was even better than what I thought. It wasn't fun, <laughs> but it was better than what I thought, and I'm better for it. Amen. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 25, the, the generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. So when you are a blessing to others, you yourself are going to be blessed. People curse those who hoard their grain, but they bless those, the ones who sell in time of need. Hebrew chapter 13, verse 16. And don't forget to do good and to share with those in need. These are the sacrifices that please God. When a tree bears fruit, it doesn't get to nourish itself off of that fruit. The fruit really doesn't do any good for the tree. The fruit is actually for someone else to enjoy. If you bear fruit in your life, it's not for you. It's for somebody else to come and be, and you get to bless. And what's wonderful about most fruit, it contains seed to replicate the tree so that when you bless somebody, it should contain a seed so that person can be blessed and they can go and continue to bless. So one blessing into someone's life can have a multitude of effect. That's what God wants to do with you. Don't be afraid to let go of what you need. Why? Because you get to receive the replacement. And the replacement that he has for your life is bigger and better than anything that you thought you were holding on to. Amen? This covenant promise that he has is powerful, wonderful, and is so rock solid. It's stuff that you already know. I know this is elementary, but man, sometimes when you start breaking down the insurance policy and looking at it, you realize how awesome of a policy you have. And it makes you even more confident in God and understand who you are, just who you are in him. It's amazing. Even, even at the, the minister's conference this week, I'm amazed at how many preachers go through anxiety. Men and women 
who study the Word of God, who preach the Word of God weekly, and yet they're still freaked out over everything. They worry about everything. Say, so, well, it's because they're human. Absolutely. But man, if we can get a hold of the covenant promise of God to where he said, look, if you just will trust me, I will take care of it all. Woo, my anxiety level's lower. My blood pressure's lower. I got less wrinkles on my face. I wish I had less gray hair, man. I don't know. My DNA done rebelled on me. I don't know what's going on with those chromosomes. But maybe I'm losing less hair. I don't know. All I'm saying is, man, God will take care of you. Let's all stand together. <clears throat> Let's worship one more time before we're dismissed and give him some praise. If you know it, if you know it, sing it with me and sing it louder so I don't have to hear myself, okay? I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you. Oh, my soul, rejoice, take joy, my king. Sing it like you mean it. And would you hear, let it be a sweet, sweet sound in your ear. Can we sing it one more time as a family? I love you, Lord, and I live my voice to worship you. Oh, my soul, rejoice. Take joy, my King, in what you hear. Let it be a sweet, sweet sound in your ear. I surrender all. I surrender all, all to Thee, my blessed Savior. I surrender all. I surrender all. I surrender all. Just give it all over to Him today. All to Thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all. Father, we just let go of all of our false securities. Everything that we think that we have built up in our life that could collapse in a heartbeat, we just let go of it. But we turn ourselves to You and Your covenant promise to us that through our faith in Jesus Christ, We've been grafted into your family, and you're going to take care of every need, every situation. And if something has to fade from our life, let it be so, because what you have for us is greater, is better, and will bring us closer to our purpose and our destiny in the kingdom. We thank you. Let's take a moment and keep your mind on him today. Let the Holy Spirit continue to do what he started during praise and worship. Father, we love you. We love you. There's, there is a couple here today. I don't know who you are, but God, has, God, God woke me up when I was in Branson this week and had me pray for you. I don't know who you are, but there is a couple that you've, you've gone through some difficulties of late, 
you've gone through some divisions. And the Lord spoke to me this week. He said, even today, he said, today I want to start a healing process to mend you. And what the enemy meant for destruction, I am going to use for good in your life. And I'm going to bring you back together. Your marriage is going to be stronger than ever. I want you to be I, I want you to be encouraged today. If that's you, I don't want to embarrass you and bring you up in front of everyone to pray for you. But if that's you, hunt me down, text me, call me, or grab me before I leave so that I know so I can pray over you and just speak this word over you. Thank you, Lord. Father, if there's anyone here that needs healing in their body, we speak healing. If there's anyone that needs comfort in their heart, let it be so in Jesus' name. There's anyone who just needs faith. We receive our faith from you. You're the one that gives us the faith. So give them faith. Lord, bring us together closer as a family, as a body. Let us love each other. In Jesus' name, amen. Before you're dismissed, I want to encourage you. Like I said, we, we were, uh, we're blessed that we can continue to have church, and we're going to do so out here for the foreseeable future uh, until things start kind of clearing up. And we'll, we'll, uh, but for, for the, the coming weeks, and actually we're only a few weeks away it's not going to be long. It's going to be a little bit cooler weather, praise God. Uh, but we also want to, to keep our momentum going forward, and God's called us to minister to all, all of the family. We've been able to keep our children's and youth ministry going. Uh, so, so be praying because we, we, are, we are targeting September to kick back into women's fellowship and Bible study and men's fellowship and Bible study. Uh, we may have to alter it. We're in discussions right now as to how we can meet and what during this COVID season, whether we meet on the, the porch of the uh, Regent Pavilion or, or maybe in people's backyards or whatever, or, or out at the parks. we got a ton of parks here in the neighborhood. But I want you to be encouraged and be praying. And we got some folks that are praying about leading it. And, and we'll give you more details here in the coming weeks. But, but be praying because we, we feel very strong that God wants us to kick back into that in September. And we can get back to the business of ministering to the whole family, all of us. You know, gather, grow, go. That's what we say. We want to gather together. We want to grow, but we want to feed all of the family. That way we can go and be a, minute, a blessing to, to not only this community, but to the greater community. Amen.